Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Welcome to the final episode of season four of Sex Ed with DB. First, I'll tell you about our incredible guest, Janelle Bryan, and then I'll tell you about some other fun stuff we got going on. Janelle Bryan is a public health professional and sexuality educator based in Philadelphia. She has experience in clinical research, health education, community health, and disease prevention. She's also the creator of The Sex Exchange. The Sex Exchange are sexual wellness events that allows attendees to explore the complex subject of sexuality through shame-free, pleasure-centered conversations. You can find her on Instagram and Twitter at underscore J by the way. That's letter J by the way. Before my amazing interview with Janelle, I want to share some amazing news. We're coming back for season five. Expect new episodes to come out starting October 2020. In the meantime, make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter as we have some truly awesome giveaways coming your way. And make sure to follow us on TikTok at sexedwithdb. Without further ado, please enjoy the last episode of the season with the wonderful Janelle Bryan. Have you ever heard of Smile Makers? This vibrator brand was created to bring our pleasure products out of the sex shops and into the open. Never sold in adult stores, you can find their vibrators in retailers like Free People, Revolve, Saks Fifth Avenue, and more, as well as online. The design of their vibrators is very unique and elegant. Each of their vibrators was designed for a specific stimulation of the anatomy of the vulva. Focus stimulation on the clitoral glands as well as the G-spot. Check them out at www.smilemakerscollection.com and redeem your free bottle of generous gel lubricant with any purchase above 50 US dollars with my special coupon, SexEdDB. Have you had trouble getting birth control during quarantine? Meet Pandia Health. By people with uteruses, for people with uteruses, and led by a doctor, Pandia Health makes your life easier by bringing birth control by mail. Pandia Health offers free and confidential delivery of the pill so you don't have to go out of your way to get the healthcare you need. Skip the trip to the pharmacy. Go to pandiahealth.com. That's P-A-N-D-I-A health.com and use code sexeddb to get $5 off your first telehealth appointment. Follow them on Instagram at pandiahealth. Sex Ed with DB is supported by Clonawilly. Clona Willie has been all about dick since 96, and all kits are hand-assembled in Portland, Oregon. All materials are 100% body safe, extremely high quality, and easy to use and clean. Use promo code SEXED20 for 20% off your purchase of any Clona Willie or Clona Pussy kit at www.clonawilly.com. Follow them on IG, at Clona Willie Kit. Sex Ed with DB is supported by FemFun. FemFun empowers all to take control of their pleasure and sexuality by putting the most powerful products on the market into your hands. Electrify your intimate life with 15% off your first purchase. Go to www.femfun.com and enter promo code SEXEDWITHDB at checkout. That's www.femmefunn.com. Follow them on IG at FemFun. Janelle, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Great. How are you doing today? 
pretty good. I'm in, you know, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm still in my pajamas in my parents' house. So really uh, quite living the dream during this Corona era. Um, But nonetheless, I'm very, very excited for you to be on the podcast today. Um, Let's go ahead and get started by you sharing your name, your pronouns, uh, and your title at the organization that you uh, work for or run. Sure. So my name is Janelle Bryan. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm the creator of the Sex Exchange. Amazing. Um, And what is the Sex Exchange? Um, Who's your audience? What's your overall goal? Kind of walk us through, um, through what it is and what you all do. Sure. So I started it about two years ago. And it's been described a lot of different ways. I'm still workshopping on how to describe it because mm-hmm. it's such a <laughs> strange thing that I invented. And I'm so glad that people are down for the cause. <laughs> but a lot of people call it a sexual health pop-up. So it's a mix between uh, a sexual health panel and a game night. Oh, how fun. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. So I made something that I would want to go to myself. So the general format it usually follows is the first half is a panel. So I pick about four to five experts, quote unquote. And we all know that we are we are all our own experts on our sex life. Mm -hmm. But I usually Mm -hmm. pick people that I found in my travels, in my studies, in the work that I do that I find super interesting that I want other people to get to know and hear what they have to say about the topic of sexuality. And I allow people to ask some questions. I ask them questions that I would want to know. Mm-hmm. And the second half is usually a game night. So I have a lot of fun games that I, you know, engage the audience and also the panelists. You know, sometimes they want to, sometimes they don't. But, you know, it's fun. Gotta get <laughs> As included. A, yes, everybody is included. Nobody's safe. Unless, you know, you don't want to play, of course. Because mm-hmm. um, I got my start in sex ed teaching you know, youth, so people under 18, and I realized how much fun they had with the games and how much they learned without them even realizing that they're learning, and that never goes away, right? We all still love to play games as adults. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, I realized during this, you know, the corona, COVID-19, as a resurgence of people, you know, playing games, doing puzzles. Adults, we also like games. So I want I play Settlers of Catan all the time. It's fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> I went to Target to buy a puzzle and they were almost sold out. People I'm just be like, puzzling. People are into it. Listen, who knew? I'm now <laughs> one of the puzzle people. I'm part of the crew. <laughs> so yeah, so I want to bring that same energy and that same excitement to learn to my events, even though they're for adults and not for children. Yeah, so is it kind of like aimed at people who are maybe in need of a little extra, like, sex education? Is it kind of just 18-plus whoever can attend? Um, And what would you say kind of, like, the mission or, like, the goal of, like, if I'm someone who attends, you know, the sex exchange, game night, like, activities, like, what would your goal for me to be the takeaway of? Sure. So it's really aimed at people 18 and up. If I'm serving alcohol, which I have done at one event, it's 21 and up. But anyone that can come, can come. I put it out there on Instagram, on Facebook, on Eventbrite. And I've had people tell me the way that they found me like a million different ways. Like, oh, my friend, or I was scrolling, or I put in a couple words and you came up on Google. So it's pretty much for anyone that would like to come. 
And when I started this, I just wanted, well, one, like I said, I wanted an event that I made an event that I would like to go to, number one, but I made an event for people just to start the conversation. So my background is specifically in public health. I have my bachelor's and my master's in public health. Oh, both, and also, double whammy. Yes, I'm a nerd, but you know, I'm starting to, <laughs> I'm owning that, you know what? So you gotta know yourself. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, yes. So I want to know exactly that. Like, so tell me a little bit more about your background. Like, how did it kind of lead you to creating this, um, the sex exchange? What were you kind of learning and what's your own kind of sexual health journey that you were kind of like, hey, I think like this information needs to be, you know, offered to so many more people. So I finished with my bachelor's in public health. And I was like, I'm getting into research because that's where the money's at. And I was like, that's the plan. So I was gonna try to get into research. And actually, Planned Parenthood was doing research. Planned Parenthood at NYU was doing a research study in a couple of different large cities across the country. And one of those was Philadelphia. So I was working part-time doing research at Planned Parenthood for NYU. And we're just looking at, you know, the pregnancy rates, STD rates, HIV rates, all the different rates, all these numbers. That's all I looked at all day long as a researcher. Mm -hmm. And I realized the numbers have been pretty steady. As in, they're not going up, but they're not going down either. And I started to think to myself, like, okay, it's great that they're not going up, but it's not great that they're not going down either, especially because Philadelphia has such a high rate of, you know, STIs, STDs, and HIV. So I'm just like, hmm, that's interesting and a little disturbing. Mm -hmm. And I, I started to think about like, oh, what's one of the reasons why it's not changing? I was like, oh, education. I was just like, I don't really see myself as an educator. So I took like a part-time job teaching young girls about HIV, STI, STDs, healthy relationships, just to, you know, see, you know, hmm, let's see what's up. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe there's another reason why the rates haven't changed in such a long time. And I fell in love with it. Like, I loved it a lot more than I thought I would. I never saw myself as a teacher, but I realized because I was so passionate about it, that's why I loved it. Don't ask me to teach any other subject. Please don't. <laughs> Exclusively <laughs> sex ed, which is just as necessary as every other subject, though. So that's great. Yeah. And I realized that is one of the many compounding issues that, you know, the rates in the city have not changed. And that's just something that I've wanted to work towards. I'm super passionate about. So, you know, I've been doing that pretty much off and on for the last going on 10 years at this point. Mm -hmm. Wow. And where did you yeah. get your MPH? Okay. So I have my bachelor's in public health and a minor in healthcare management from Temple University. Okay. And I got my MPH from Drexel University. So I'm Philly educated through and through. I was just going to say, you love that Philly. Philly's great. <laughs> Philly's a fantastic city. Um, and also, just another question, are the sex exchange events exclusively in Philly, or are they in other cities? Do you plan to have them in other cities? Um, so right now, they're exclusively in Philly, because, like, I'm in Philly, and I am my own team. Uh -huh. Like, was, um, so I originally got the money for the first two um, events through a grant. So that was great, but that's also my first time. Like, I'm an educator, you know, I'm a public health nerd. Mm -hmm. I've never put on an event, and I didn't know how to do it. It was really just, like, guessing, asking people, 
hoping for the best. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, wow, this actually worked. Like, I was surprised. Everyone else was like, oh, we knew you can do it. I was like, oh, no, I am genuinely surprised this worked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad they were right and that you did such a fantastic job. Um, and so you've had two. How many events have you had in total thus far? Um, just two. So okay. I had one in the fall, I think of, I'm trying to remember, 20, what year is this? Listen, this March has been like five years long. I completely um, agree. <laughs> fall of 2018 and then one of in spring 2019. Oh, perfect. Okay. So yeah, you're brand new basically. And especially if you're planning these like big scale events, those definitely take months and months and months to plan. Right. And like, I definitely, when I first started, I was like, I'm having them quarterly, like they're going to happen all the time. And then when I realized how much time and effort and money goes into an event, I'm just like, okay, let me chill. Mm -hmm. So right now, um, I want to change the format a little bit. And also I'm I would like, you know, find people who would like to join my team. Cause right now it's just me doing this. So you're recruiting. I am recruiting people to, you know, join <laughs> my struggle, not my struggle, you know, join the team and who are like also just as passionate about, you know, sex ed and like health information and event planning who, you know, can help me and help other people, you know, learn a bunch of important information. Oh, well, this is such an amazing opportunity. After at the end of this interview, we will definitely make sure people hear your social handles and how they can get in touch with you and people who are in Philly, especially listen up because um, <laughs> Janelle is there and waiting for you um, to join the struggle bus team, <laughs> the, the, uh, the exceptional team of making your third event. So are you, well, with Corona, you know, I'm sure everything is on hold, but do you have like ideas as to what you want your third event to be? What is that looking like? Like what's kind of going to be maybe the theme of your next event and the goal of that? Sure. So for my third event, I was brainstorming. I had planned to do it in the summer, but as you know, everything is pushed back. Mm -hmm. Now events have been canceled. So we're looking hopefully towards the fall. Um, from a public health standpoint, I'm thinking we should be good by the fall, fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. So that would be the next one. And also I'm putting it out there to like my followers on Instagram and Facebook, what they would like to see the next event to be. So the first one was sex and people of color. And the second one was sex and wellness. So each one of my events is sex and so sex and something else mm -hmm. because Often people put sex by, like very much by itself in the corner and it, they don't realize that sex intersects with so many things in our life. So I make it a point that each one is sex and to realize like, yeah, sex is everywhere. Not just, you know, something you talk about late at night with the lights off, you know, mm -hmm. whisper. like I'm trying to bring it more into everyday conversation. So yeah, the third event will be one that the people pick that they want to hear and they want to talk about. Gotcha. Awesome. That's incredible. I can't wait to, to see the, the deets that come out about that. Hopefully in the fall, I'm also crossing my fingers for you. Um, let's talk a little bit about why you think, so obviously you, you kind of have already spoken about, you know, the fact that sex, it very much intersects with a lot of other daily interactions and conversations and relationships. Um, why do you think this information is particularly critical at this point in time. And, you know, as we've already mentioned, you know, 
we're in a point in time of the coronavirus, which right now, you know, well, when we release this episode, it'll be summertime, but the effects of this virus will absolutely continue um, for, you know, months, if not multiple years to come based on the economy, based on, you know, what folks will and will not have access to. Um, so why do you think it's particularly important for folks to rally around sexual health education at this point in time? You're, I feel like you're completely right, and I agree with you. Like the effects of this virus will definitely, it will ripple out into every section in our of our lives, mm-hmm. right? And as we feel the effects, and I feel like this is a catalyst for a lot of change. Like it's an unfortunate way that it had to be like this, but I also feel like a lot of people are waking up to a lot of things now that you know they're kind of stuck in the house and they're you know realizing all these things and there's all this information they're being inundated with. Mm-hmm. That sexual health and sexual education was being attacked before Corona. Yes, it and was. That, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I keep going. Health has been real. And we can even see now, like, certain laws that are being passed, even about abortion. And you realize there are people putting out, you know, I re- sorry, I read something online, which, you know, might not be true, don't quote me. <laughs> But there being, like, even with a stimulus package and all these um, things that are coming out, they're kind of, like, underlyingly attacking abortion also as something that is non-essential. So people right now, you know, we're locked inside. You might be with a partner or partners or, you know, a friend that you like very much. Mm-hmm. And imagine if you don't know this and now you can't even, if you, you know, are pro-choice and you wish to do that with your body, you can't even do anything about it because politicians have taken this time to push their agenda across. Like there's not, you know, other things to be worrying about, like, you know, the economy and people's health. Right. So you realize even in the most strenuous and stressful of times, people are still attacking sexual health. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel if they're going to be relentless, we have to be just as relentless also. Oh my God. Very powerful. I completely agree with everything that you said. And it's scary because Depending on the state that you're in, of course, for example, like right now, you know, right now it's April. Today's April 1st that we're recording this. And like currently there's a bill that's kind of being looked at by um, by politicians to basically see if in Texas, you know, the entire state of Texas, if abortion is able to happen, if that procedure is labeled essential or non-essential and and that means that many women, trans folks, non-binary people, marginalized communities are having their rights being taken away. Um, And this is just a really scary time. So all the more reason to support people like you and organizations who are doing this incredibly important work. So kudos to you. Thank you. And shout out to my educators in like Texas and in the deep South. Mm -hmm. Whenever I to like conferences or I meet them or I talk to them I was like I thought my job was hard hearing the work that they have to do and they work so hard to not get that far and constantly being pushed back Mm -hmm. I'm just like you guys are some resilient people truly because the sound is a whole different ball game than it is you know here in Philadelphia it really is yeah um Let's talk a little bit about your MPH because um, I'm also getting my MPH. Um, By the time this episode comes out, I will have graduated from Columbia with my MPH, despite 
finishing my degree on online on the internet. Um, and thank you so much. Um, and I'm wondering how you feel you like what you've learned, I guess, from your MPH and how it's contributed to your sex education journey. Sure. So um, I did the general MPH because that's the program that I was in, but I kind of focused on community health because that's what I've always worked in, whether it be in my sex ed jobs or the other jobs I've had, I've always, you know, focused on community health. And I just find it very interesting because, you know, when, you know, you start a class and people are saying like, oh, your name, what do you do? You know, your focus, where do you work? And I tell people I'm a sex educator. People, you know, always kind of like giggle and they think it's cute or funny. Mm-hmm. And then don't realize how like sexual health is a part of community health and even public health. They, it's, I feel like it's always forgotten or pushed by the wayside. So when I tell people like, oh, this is the work that I do. And they're like, oh, that's so great. That's cute. Like, oh my gosh, thank you for the work that you do. <laughs> Not until I started talking and like breaking it down and kind of relating it ha- to the work that they might do or how this, you know, impacts public health or how it's a big part of public health. Do people stop and realize like, oh, wow, it's more than just that one health class, you know, I had in middle school or high school about, you know hygiene and using deodorant like it's so much more than that and so my degree in public health kind of just doubled down on the work made me double down on the work that I did realizing how far we have to go Mm. in public health and the work that still needs to be done in public health I see a lot of research right a lot of numbers talking about like oh these are the problem issues so whether it be like food security, environmental, you know, it, health insurance. It's like, oh, these are the numbers. These are, you know, what's going wrong. But I feel like public health, we're now at a point where we have enough data about, you know, yep. what's going oh Less than what so, I feel you so hard right now. I feel like that is exclusively what we do. You know, and I'm sure a lot of public health programs are similar where like you read the research, you like synthesize the research and you translate mm-hmm. the research. And like the research is very clear about the disparities that are going on. Like it's very uh, clear that LGBTQ people are way more likely to attempt and commit suicide than their straight and cisgendered peers. Like we know that. And like what will six more research papers that say that exact thing really do rather than using that money to save lives? you're speaking my language like we love talk about health disparities or you know the inequalities you know and the discrepancies like those words yes they're great yes that data is important Mm -hmm. we are at the point in public health we have the data should we keep on you know refreshing and keep looking at it yeah sure but with this data what are we going to do with it like take this data, get off our asses and make a, like make an effort to make a change instead of sitting back and just collecting data every year, five years, 10 years and putting out a report. We know what it looks like, especially in community health. I'm out there all the time. I can literally see what the data is telling me mm-hmm. at this point. What are we going to do about it? And how are we going to make a tangible change so the next time we, you know, collect this data, it looks different because I'm tired of looking at the same numbers. Oh, my God. I completely agree. God, I feel like this is just all I'm like writing about in my papers. People are like, all right, read about this research paper. And all I'm doing is like this research paper isn't helpful. Like we need people <laughs> on the ground and we need to help communities and we need to like empower communities and like 
Of course, there's also a lot of like racialized issues, right? Because when you, I don't know what it was like for your classes, but I would mm-hmm. say a majority of my professors are white people. Um, and as for myself, as someone who's mixed race and is like half white and like completely understands this really fucked up notion of like a lot of white people kind of going into other countries and doing global health and kind of like doing that work with a lot of negative consequences and repercussions of that. Um, and I'm, I'm just really tired of that not really being central to the work that we're doing as well. I don't know if it was like that for, for your experience or what, if you have any thoughts about that. Yeah, definitely. So to answer that, it's like, for me, it's twofold because like I said, I've, I've been studying public health in Philly for the last 10 years and Philadelphia is the fifth largest city in the country. Mm. It's the poorest large city in the country. So in the top 10 largest countries, we're the poorest. We have people in deep poverty. So if say the poverty line for a family of four, this is just a number I'm making up, is $40,000, we have people living on $20,000. Deep poverty is living on half of what the poverty level is. Mm-hmm. So Philadelphia is a large city. It's poor. It's a very black city also, which people don't realize when they visit. Because, you know, you stay in like this general center city area, but Philly is a big ass, poor ass, black ass city. And I feel like they really do the people here as a black woman. I feel like they do us, a, you know, injustice, mm. by, you know, just how they allocate the funds and how they try to help, you know, the city that needs so much help. Completely. So, you know, where, you know, my passion is coming from not just like, yes, like for sex ed, but just like in general, when I do community health. It's like we need help and I'm tired of just, you know, seeing the same data over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, our next question actually is a perfect segue because you mentioned you had your event that was sexuality and people of color, um, you know, colon, sexual liberation for black and black and brown folks. Um, can you like talk a little bit about how like the decision of that being your first event and how like how maybe you connect the dots at least in terms of like, Black folks who, black and brown folks who live in Philadelphia and folks um, who are also living in poverty and why sexual health education um, is so necessary specifically for black and brown folks. Sure. Um, So, I mean, it wasn't a hard decision to make this my first um, event because I'm a black woman and I'm just like, hmm, I'm going to put myself first for once. No one else is going to do it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to have that first event for black and brown folks in Philadelphia, especially because Philadelphia is such a black city, a brown city. I'm just like, people will come. I just have to find them, but they'll come because Mm -hmm. they're obviously out there. And I had some free tickets. I had low cost tickets to just, you know, hopefully bring out people who, you know, otherwise couldn't or wouldn't spend money on something they might see as frivolous or, you know, or or quote unquote, not necessary to their everyday lives. But I still wanted them to have that information. And I also wanted to see brown people on my panel because oftentimes, especially, I mean, I mean, in public health and in sexual health, if there is a panel, maybe there's one black person, maybe there's one brown person. If they're Brown and queer, that's two things right there. And everyone else is, you know, white Mm -hmm. and maybe straight. 
So I feel like just seeing a panel of all brown folks was just something that I've been waiting to see for such a long time or that I don't see as often as I would like. Like I might go to a conference and they might, I might see that, but that's what, once or twice a year? Right. I want to, for people to see, like, yes, there's black people, there's brown people, there's queer people, South Asian folks that are talking about this and who are willing to have these conversations and be open and for people to feel seen because that's important and no matter what field you're working in. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes total sense. Um, let's talk about like perfect world scenario, like for sex education. (laughs) We're very far from that as we see, especially with the current administration It very much like you were saying as like, sex educators and people in the South feel like one step forward, two steps back. Um, And especially when ding dong Trump got into office, like sexist, racist, xenophobic Trump, like reproductive health plummeted, at least like the funds that were coming from the federal government. So if our next president is someone who uh, is more likely to support reproductive health, say the federal funds are there, say that, you know, there are more people who do see the value in sexual and reproductive health in schools for adults. Um, what would sex ed look like? Um, and, and kind of what would, you know, your ideal event look like, I guess, um, within that kind of perfect world scenario? Hmm, that is a great question. Um, from teaching younger folks and just talking to people and just like reading like, it's not, I don't believe there's any such thing as a sex talk. It's a series of talks that should never stop throughout your lifetime. Mm. There's definitely no way that you can have one talk, like one, let's say, hour talk once in seventh grade to teach you everything that you're going to need to know about sex for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So preferably, I would like to have a, like, Every year, like have whether it be the health teacher, not even a health teacher, bring in a sex educator. Because while yes, health teachers are great and gym teachers are great, my, I mean, I had sex ed. My gym teacher showed us, you know, the miracle of life, the movie. <laughs> it's like questions, comments. All right, pick up this basketball. Let's go. <laughs> I would like <laughs> for my fellow sex educators to be brought into these schools and these communities to have a sex talk over from when. You know, the youngest, like, I don't know, start like kindergarten, first grade talking about, you know, just an autonomy and just like touching and, you know, have, you know, this personal space start there. And then you can always work your way up and build on it, you know, throughout the years instead of dumping all this information. Most of the time it's scare tactics or it's outdated mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. in their lap and, you know, ask them like, oh, questions, comments. No. All right. Well, you know, good luck for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But that's not what sex ed should look like. So I would like sex ed to be spread out more over, you know, years instead of just, you know, once. Mm-hmm. And as adults, like, I would like to see more events. Like I would like to go to events that I'm not actually putting on. <laughs> <So I can just laughs> you want to be an attendee. Yes. I love to be in the audience. I will support you. Like, and I try to support people as much as possible when they have these events. I want them to keep having them because even as adults, we you know, we feel like we get to this point, you know, like, Oh, I've been having sex for a couple years. Like I know the things it's like, mm, 
but do you? <laughs> and also, as you grow older, you learn different things about yourself. Even if you're with the same person, your partner might change and they might learn different things about themselves. And you should always be educating and like learning about sex and expanding your knowledge and expanding, you know, your imagination and try like sex is fun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, all yes, the things. All the things, you know what I'm saying? The same way that like medicine is a practice because you have to keep learning. I feel like sex is also a practice. Keep learning, keep trying things out, you know, be creative, imaginative, laugh, cry, you know, all these things. So I feel like people should keep on learning about sex, talking about sex. If anything, at my events, I'm just glad that people show up, even if they don't talk, because that is the first step. Mm-hmm. And to go back to something that you said earlier about how, you know, like, especially in public health, you know, global health, you know, a lot of people, whether it be white people or privileged people, because we're privileged, you know, to have our masters because it right. costs a lot of costs a lot of money. <laughs> yep, it very much does. Going to definitely be in debt for a while. But that's, you know, that's that's my burden to bear because I'm very lucky to have an MPH. Right. So we are also privileged and we're going into these communities and like, you know, hoping that we're doing the best we can by them. But and that's great that, you know, people are out there doing that work. But as of anything, I feel it starts with a single conversation. So even if people come and they don't play my games or you don't say anything or you don't ask questions, they're there for the conversation. And that means something. Well, to me, anyway. Yes, it absolutely does. <laughs> Um, wow, wow, wow. So much good stuff. This has been such a fantastic conversation. Um, I would love it for you for especially, you know, we definitely have listeners out there in Philly. So whoever's listening in Philly, um, I would love for them to hear and for everybody, obviously, to hear your social media and where they can access your content um, and where they can find you and find your events. Sure. So on Instagram, um, so for my events, the sex exchange is just the sex exchange on Instagram. So you can follow me there to keep, to be updated on when our next event is hopefully this fall, you know, DM me if you're interested in learning more, you want to, you know, participate, you want to help me plan, you want to vend, you have an organization. Cause my last event, we had different organizations come out and table at the event so oh, people great. can get information. So I'm trying to do more of that. So more than just like an event, but also expanding into, you know, be able people convened and like different organizations could come and people can learn about the great things that we're doing, that they're doing, especially here in Philly, because it's such a large city. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want to get involved, then just talk to me, you know, this the sex exchange on Instagram, me personally, if you want to just <laughs> talk to me there, follow me there, see what I'm up to other than the sex exchange is underscore J B Y T H E W A Y. So underscore J by the way. And you know, our, sorry, (laughs) our website is this. (laughs) Our website is the sex exchange.org. You can also find us on Facebook. So if you put in the sex exchange, it should pop up. Incredible. Um, and last thing, if there's like anything that you feel like we didn't get to talk about, or if you feel like there's kind of like one message to our listeners that you really, really want to get across, um, what would that be? Hmm. 
I guess because we just talked about it, that everything starts with a, with a single conversation. And sometimes that's enough. So even if you can't make it to an event, how about you just talk about sex more with your friends or friends that you don't usually talk to sex with them? Just, you know, broach that conversation if they're comfortable and see what they say, because you might be really surprised and wonder like, hmm, maybe I should have this conversation with them more often or just see where their head's at. And maybe you might find out something about your friend that you would never know otherwise. Sex Ed with DB is supported by Ioba Toys. Ioba Toys started in December 2018 when Francesca and her husband Martin decided to tackle a problem that always bothered them with sex toys, the noise. And so the Oh My G, a super silent G-spot massager sex toy was born. Use promo code SEXED25 for 25% off your purchase at www.iobatoys.com and follow them on Instagram at ioba.toys. Ever look at your penis or vulva in the mirror and be like, damn, my part is art? Clona Willy definitely agrees. The original penis casting kit, Clona Willy and the classy counterpart, Clona Pussy, are easy to make, sex positive, and body safe. While Clona Willy makes for the most personalized sex toy on the planet, Clona Pussy makes for the most unique memento. All materials are 100% body safe, extremely high quality, and easy to use and clean. Check them out at www.clonawilly.com and use promo code SEXED20 for 20% off your purchase. Follow them on Instagram at clonawillykit. Bring some queer, fat, feminist art into your home or into your business. Andrea Forgotch is an artist that creates pieces that are queer, inclusive, body positive, and self-loving. With her art, you'll be sure to make a statement wherever you need it. Go visit andreaforgotch.com, that's Andrea, F-O-R-G-A-C-S.com to commission your own piece, or download one of her illustrations in the shop. Sex Ed with DB is supported by Pandia Health the only doctor-led birth control delivery company. Here are some fun facts about Pandia Health. Most birth control is free with insurance or $15 per pack without. Your birth control comes with free delivery and free goodies. And you can get an online doctor visit if you need it, which is perfect during COVID-19. Go to pandiahealth.com. That's P-A-N-D-I-A health.com and use code sexeddb to get $5 off your first telehealth appointment. Our creator, co-producer, sound engineer, and host is me, Danielle Bezalel, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Katherine Cohen. Our main logo and banner graphic were created by Andrea Forgotch. Our social media intern is Leslie Lopez. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Our ad music is by my stepdad, Bill Gant. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. If you're interested in advertising with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Insta at sexedwithdbpodcast. Tune in next time.